This is Untitled MMA. Untitled MMA Podcast, it is December 27th, 2017, and I am Fuji. I'm Bryce. I'm Brendan. UFC 219 is this weekend. Chris Cyborg and Holly Holm in the event for the UFC Women's Featherweight Championship. We'll talk about that a little later. But first, I wanted to start off with the ridiculousness of the Floyd, Med- Floyd Mayweather to the UFC talks. First off, did you believe that for a second when the stock started late last week? Nope. Out. Uh, no, I did not tell, like, you sent, like, a video of Joe Rogan speaking upon it. Then I was like, maybe it is true, maybe it isn't. I don't know. Because Joe Rogan's word is Bible. Yeah, it, it's legit. <laughs> yeah, it's the gospel of Rogan. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if anybody who actually considered that that might happen was way off base. As fun as it would be, as ridiculous as it would be, as much as I would love to see it, uh, it's never going to happen. Zero percent chance. Yeah, 100%. And like you said, you worked with a guy who made the good point of it would more likely be for like a co-promotion for their upcoming boxing venture that they discussed, or maybe just co-promotion in general because he has a lot more reach with uh, his name than it seems the UFC can do because just his pay-per-view numbers are absurd. Yeah. Um, Brendan brought up the point of Floyd May- Floyd Mayweather versus CM Punk is probably a mismatch in MMA. CM Punk probably subs for Mayweather rather, rather quickly. Yeah, I'd, I'd think that would happen. So uh, just imagine him fighting CM Punk. He'd get submitted early. Imagine somebody that actually has more talent. Scary. Scary. So no matter the money thrown, fear overcomes that for Floyd. I want Edson Barboza against Floyd Mayweather. Make it happen. I'd want to see leg kicks. I say Floyd versus the Big Show in MMA rematch of WrestleMania 20-something. <laughs> Floyd Mayweather won by sub, I think. I don't remember. In a <laughs> WWE match? Yeah. Was, uh, Snoop Dogg was like the <laughs> special guest referee or something. <laughs> Didn't he break Big Show's nose or something like that? Yeah. Or was that? Yeah. That was for Big Show actually like told him to punch him. Oh. To make it like seem real or whatever. And then. So Floyd broke his nose. And then Big Show got like actually mad. I think he told the Big Show told Floyd beforehand is like you're gonna I'm you punch me for real I'm going to get mad and I'm a lot bigger than you so run. <laughs> <laughs> At least he's honest. And then talking about speaking of big dudes, Mark Hunt said that the next three fights on his UFC deal will be his last in the UFC and he's considering going to Japan to finish out his career. He's already 40, I believe, or close to it at least, maybe over 40. But um. I was wondering on your guys' thoughts on the ethics of somebody leaving the UFC when they're most definitely past their prime, and Mark Collins even suffered like that beating against Stipe Miocic. He got knocked out by Fabrizio Verdum. He got knocked out by Alistair Overeem. So I was wondering you guys' thoughts on the ethics of somebody leaving the UFC and going to continue their career somewhere else after they're well past their prime and maybe not in the best state of health to do so. 
Well, for one, Japan doesn't count because I'm almost certain that the guys over there, they're not being drug tested. And so Mark Hunt will be able to um, artificially enhance himself should he so choose. But as much as Mark Hunt's talked about steroid users and cheats and all that, do you think he would go that route? Yes, I think because it's just better for his health. It may not be... He may not do like steroids or things like that. I could see him doing using supplements because a lot of things are banned by USADA and things like that. He might just take things that aren't technically allowed by them that would just help him. I don't know. I can't even think of any examples, but he might. I could see him taking supplements that would be illegal under USADA that he wouldn't consider as like a steroid cheat. Do you have a moral? Do you object morally to like? promotions like Ryzen where it's basically a open secret that there's no rules as far as drug testing goes and everybody can just kind of do whatever they want. Um, Do you object to that or is it just like let them do what they want to do? I say, I mean, essentially let them do what they want to do. That Ryzen seems like a very fun promotion. It seems like uh, that's where a lot of older guys are going to go to air quote revitalize their careers whether through uh, legitimate means or not. It's it's like a lower level, so it, you get what you sign up for. They sign up for it knowing that mm-hmm. some people are going to take enhancements, so mm-hmm. I think it should be allowed, uh, not like the UFC. So right. yeah, I've always heard that in Pride, when Pride was at its peak, it was in the contract It said, we do not drug test. So I, I don't know if Ryzen's the same case, but I mean, like I said, it's kind of an open secret that it's pretty much open season over there as far as enhancement goes. Yeah, and I mean, speaking on Mark Hunt specifically, I hope after these next three fights, he just considers retiring. He's taken a lot of damage. Yes, like I said, the Stipe fight where Stipe landed the most uh, strikes in UFC history in a single fight or something like that. Um, Yeah, Mark Hunt's not a guy you want to see having the performances that he's had recently. And don't get me wrong, he has had some very good performances too, like the knockout of Frank Mir. Um, but yeah, it's not a guy that you want to see go out the way that it seems like he may be headed. You get hit in the head so many times, it's going to take mm-hmm. a toll, so just retire. It may not be ending with a few wins or a little streak or with a title run or anything that you would may hope for, but for health concerns, and you then- have to. I wasn't gonna think. I didn't even think about this until just now. But do you have a? Do you object to if have if you have a guy like Mark? If you're the UFC, sorry, if you're the UFC and you have a guy like Mark Hunt, do you object to them um, sort of handpicking his matchups to give him favorable opponents, somebody that's not going to knock him out and that maybe he has a better chance against, um, even though it doesn't really affect like the rankings or, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I I understand what you're trying to say, like kind of tossing him little lobs into his career, that kind of thing. Not even necessarily lobs, just like maybe putting him, having more guys around like him, like somebody like Frank Mir before he left and went to Bellator. Do you have a problem keeping around guys who are obviously not at the top of their game, but keeping them around just to sort of protect them later in their careers if they want to keep going? I mean, I don't have a problem with it because it's still interesting to watch these guys fight. 
whether or not they're fighting the elite of their their divisions or whatnot. I truly like in the case of Mark Hunt. I hope after the uh his contract he does retire, but if he doesn't, I mean it isn't on the UFC really. My only objective, the only thing I would object to with the UFC doing something like that, giving them favorable matchups or whatever, excuse me, is um that's some if you want the sport to be seen as legitimate that's not something like you'd see in the nfl like a wide receiver gets old you're not gonna teams aren't gonna match him up with an old cornerback to cover him so it's all about legitimacy i guess in that argument but i don't necessarily have a problem with it but i think you have to come out and say what you're doing in that case i personally think they should not do that it's a competitive sport and i definitely see that side of the argument too let it remain competitive the only reason i would like give um what's the fight you would call it like a a lesser opponent is for a retirement fight that's the only way i would give you a fight just to like almost let you win in a way but you know what i mean i think though in the case of mark hunt if he intends on fighting after three more fights if you give him if you keep it competitive and follow your train of thought there He's going to probably get murdered by three killers and then go to Japan and probably get mauled again. So, I mean, there's I mean, it's a very difficult question to answer. And I think it's more of a case by case basis, honestly. Anyways, moving on, um, just a fight announcement that I wanted to talk about real quick was Cowboy Cerrone and Yancey Medeiros was introduced for the UFC Austin card in February. Yancey Medeiros coming off of that fight of the night win over Cowboy Oliveira at UFC 218 in Detroit, but Cowboy Cerrone coming off the loss to Robbie Lawler. Split decision, I think, uh, in his last fight. So, obviously a very good fight. Um, I think early on, just on paper, I'd pick Cowboy, but with his um, liver issues, kidney issues, liver, kidney, liver, one of those, um, that's always an X factor in a fight if somebody can attack that properly. So early on, I'd go with Cowboy, but this is definitely pro- on paper a fight of the year candidate, in my opinion. Yeah, I cannot wait. I'm I'm ready to see some leg kicks. I'm ready to see somebody get hurt. It, yeah, it's gonna be a, a a nice violent one in Austin, Texas, in February. An all-time underrated MMA moment that the three of us talk about all the time is the Cowboy Cerrone fight against Miles Jury where Miles Jury is on his back at the end of the fight, can't get back up, and Cowboy is just winding up and blasting him exactly. with Yeah, and he's I think he said in the post-fight interview that it was because Jury cost him the 50K for the finish bonus. Yep. Yep. But, uh, yeah, just want to talk about that real quick. Now we'll move on to UFC 219 this weekend. John Lineker just dropped out, which is a bummer because he's always fun to watch. Um, I don't know what he dropped out with, but I saw he's having tooth surgery. So I don't know if that was tooth the reason infection. he dropped out. Do what? Tooth infection. Tooth infection. Dropped out with a tooth infection. So, yeah. Always stinks when Lineker misses. Um, Brendan's laughing about something. I don't know what's going on over here. I don't either. But, yeah, it sucks. And I saw that Marlon Moraes was looking to be a last-minute uh, mm-hmm. substitution, which I would like. I don't know if that was ever made official or not. No, but... it's, it seems like... Uh, um, it slips my mind who Lineker was fighting now. Rivera. Oh, yeah, Jimmy Rivera. But uh, I saw today that Rivera's off the card. John Dodson was also saying he was willing to step in. So I don't know if they just couldn't come to a deal or what. I don't know. But um, speaking of people showing up to UFC 219, 
Khabib Nurmagomedov is in the U is in the main event for the evening. Um, co co main event, sorry. But um, his manager said today or today or yesterday, I can't remember which, that he's currently sitting at 164 and a half pounds and posted a picture, and he looks very like he looks like he's in the best shape of his career, which might not be a good thing because he's still eight and a half pounds over where he needs to be. So is he going to be able to get down to where he needs to be for this fight? I might guess yes. I I mean, last time, wasn't he like 170, 175 when his like liver shut down or something like that? I don't remember, but I remember that it was a big thing that he was having dessert the day before the weigh-in. Yeah. So, I mean, I would say he probably makes it because like eight and a half pounds, that's like you could cut that water weight the night before. Do you think we see a lesser Khabib than we've seen in the past? Uh, I mean, that ultimately, I think, depends more on Edson Barboza rather than Khabib. His last fight Before was... Before you guys go too far, let me speak. Sorry, sweetie. Even though I forgot. I think I... All right, now I remember, I remember, I remember. Wait, do I... I do remember. Uh, <laughs> I think he can make the the weight cut Uh, because he's young. It's easier to cut weight when you're younger, so I think he'll be able to cut the eight pounds or so that you guys were talking about, so yeah. His last fight was, I think Bryce is looking it up, but at Michael Johnson, I think. He dominated that fight. He was telling Michael Johnson that he should quit. That's the last fight that I remember that I can think of in like the last few years, it seems like, Khabib's been in. Uh, Bryce is pulling it up now. Give me his last three fight dates. Khabib stinks. <laughs> Brennan hates Khabib. Uh, so, last three fights, uh, UFC 205, which was November 2016 against Michael Johnson. It's been a year already. It's been 13 months. You're right. Then, uh, April of 2016, Daryl Horcher, I think that was the last minute. Uh, okay, so he fought twice last year. Yeah. Okay, I remember the Horcher fight now that you say it. And then, but before that, it was two a two-year layoff after he beat Rafael Dos Anjos so in April 2014. So, he's fought three times in three years. This will be his fourth time in three years. Yes. Get it together, Khabib. I hope he makes weight because that's a fight I'm really looking forward to. We shouldn't even be talking about him getting a title shot until he can show up more than once a year. Exactly. He's got to show – he has to make this fight, and I think he has to win even another before he could get Tony. If Say he beats Barboza and somehow he shows up in the next 48 months again and fights Tony Ferguson and wins the belt from him. We have a Conor McGregor, Khabib Nurmagomedov situation to deal with for the belt in that division. That's a mess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right about that. But, I mean, Edson Barboza is no slouch. We'll get into that fight a little bit later, but that's something. And getting into UFC 219 a little more, we're picking the four fights that are uh, four fights still standing on the main card. I don't know if they announced what they're replacing the Jimmy Rivera fight with, but that fight's still listed on the UFC website. So picking four fights for this card. The first one we're going into is Carlos Condit, who is surprisingly to me a minus one sixty five favorite against Neil Magny, who is a plus one forty five underdog. You Bryce, you can go ahead first. I have Condit here. I I mean they're both long, but in uh Condit's going against another grappler, which the UFC needs to stop doing. Let Carlos Carlos Condit be Carlos Condit and knock Mofo's dead. Let Carlos bang, bro. He just wants to bang. Um, <laughs> but I do think I don't think he's gonna look spectacular. I think he's gonna beat you know Magni by uh, unanimous decision. Before Brendan gives his pick, I just want to say 
instead of giving Carlos all these grapplers, just do Carlos Robbie Lawler twice a year every year. I don't think anybody's going to object to that. I got Condit mm-hmm. because that's you my pal. <laughs> and, no, I honestly think w- with this matchup he can actually do what he's supposed to do. I think he – Knock people out. I think he has a better chance of keeping it standing and doing what he needs to do against Neil Magny than he did against Damian Maya. That being said, I do think Neil Magny wins this fight. He's been a little more active than Carlos, and the grappler versus striker matchup always seems to uh, favor the grappler. So I am going to pick Neil Magny in this one, although I do want Carlos Condit to win. I actually think they stand up for a little bit longer. I don't know if I don't know. I just feel like Neil wouldn't go straight to grappling. I don't know. Maybe it's no. just like confidence takes over. I don't know. I hope not. Carlos. You you hope it goes to the ground? No, I mean I hope that Magny doesn't get it to the ground right away. And Carlos is able to do, play his game a little bit. Yeah. I will say that Neil Magny has a loss last year to Lorenz Larkin, who's a stand-up specialist. So right. I'm just saying. It, I mean, that's what I see happening. Um, and then the next fight we're picking is Cynthia Calvillo, who is a minus 255 favorite versus former champion Carla Esparza, who is a plus 215 underdog. Bryce, you can go ahead. Everyone knows when Carla Esparza won the first – won that tough – and won the first belt. She was essentially a paper champion because Claudia and Joanna couldn't speak English good enough for the reality show. With that being said, she did not look the same since uh, losing the belt. Let me look at her recent fights. She's since winning the belt. She has gone two and two, losing to Randa Marcos and Joanna. And I believe that Calvillo will probably just do whatever Calvillo does and keep her undefeated record. Yeah, I don't see it in really any way that Carlos Barza can uh, do what she needs to do against Calvillo to take this fight. I don't think Calvillo finishes it. I think this is probably a relatively boring decision, unfortunately. But I think Calvillo probably comes out on top in this one against the former champ. I personally don't even, yeah, I don't find this really too exciting. No, not at all. I remember, I don't, the last time, the only fight I remember her fighting was uh, probably Ioana when she lost in the title mm-hmm. fight. Pieced up. Yeah, it was terrible. She was getting whooped, and I was kind of cheering for her. I don't know why. I remember cheering for her. and Cause I Because she's the world's biggest Ioana Jacek hater. But that was the first time I'd probably seen Ioana fight, too. So I was like, I don't know. Maybe because she was a champ and I was being, I don't know. And I also remember her wildly ugly hair. But, yeah, I think she loses. I got Calvillo as well. Um, in the co-main event of the evening, we talked about it a little bit already. But Edson Barboza is a plus 240 underdog against Khabib Nurmagomedov. Brendan, try and say Khabib's last name. I just want to see how it comes out. Here. Nurma. All right, Nurma Kadup. <laughs> Nurma Gabadevo. <laughs> Bryce. It's Khabib Nurma Gomedov. All right. Yep. Khabib Nurma Bryce is Russian. <laughs> Bryce is part Russian, part Mexican, part Mandarin Chinese. Uh, that's not a race. <laughs> but he's okay. I would I would even realize if he didn't say that either. So, like I said, uh, Nurmagomedov is a minus two eighty favorite, and I do think he takes this one against Barboza. I love Edson Barboza. I love watching him ridiculous kicks that he gets out out of nowhere, the spinning KO against Terry Edom, which is a close second to the spinning dick kick he landed against Paul Felder. But uh, yeah, I, unfortunately, I think Khabib wins this one. As much as I want Edson to win and to climb towards that title shot, I think Khabib does what Khabib does and handles um, Edson Barboza. 
I do not have Khabib Nurmagomedov winning this fight. I believe that Edson Barboza, who is much faster than Michael Johnson, is going to be able to... Because what this breaks down to is the ultimate striker versus grappler matchup. And I think that Edson Barboza's stand-up is so good and it's a whole lot better than Michael Johnson's to where... I mean, Michael Johnson hurt Khabib. He stunned him. I was just going to say that. And so I think that if... Edson has any kind of success like Michael Johnson does, and I really think he will. He could put Khabib out. I hope he puts Khabib out, but I don't think he will. I just think when they are standing up, I'm not. I think it'll go from the ground to standing up throughout the whole fight for the whole three rounds. But I think after three rounds, Edson starts to wear out Khabib's leg, and I say he wins in a decision. I could also see cardio being an issue for Khabib. I'm not sure wh- how far the um, Michael Johnson fight went, but it's been a long time since Khabib's been in there, and it's definitely been a long time since he's been in there consistently. So cardio could definitely come to pl- come into play in this one if Barboza can take him into deep water. But I don't know. I just feel like Khabib is the better, has the better shot at winning this one. And yeah, if the weight cuts even become a like a real issue, that can also affect his cardio as well. You can be Get tired, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, on to the next. Then the main event of the evening for the Women's Featherweight Championship of the World. Chris Cyborg the world. is the champion and a minus 370 favorite. Holly Holm, the former Bantamweight champion, is a plus 330 underdog. Holm is going into this fight on a one-fight win streak. Her last fight was a win against Betch Cohea. Prior to that, she'd lost three straight. So I think that's something to take it to keep in mind in this fight. But I'm pretty confident that we're all probably leaning the same way in this one. And I feel like Cyborg puts her put some work on Holly Holm in the main event. Chris Cyborg is going to put a lot of work on the face of Holly Holm. She might think that she's ready for her because she beat Ronda Rousey. Chris Cyborg is no Ronda Rousey. Chris Cyborg is a complete MMA fighter. She has she probably has faults, but she's so good that. They are uh, minimized. Nobody has a chance to expose those faults. Home is going to get TKO'd. There's nothing else to say. She's going to get rocked with the right hand, the left hand. So she's going to get kicks landed on her. I just don't see her winning at all. And there is something to be said for the fact that Holly is a counter striker and um, uh, Cyborg, obviously, a pressure striker. So on paper, you'd think that would tip a little bit of an advantage to Home. But I think this is probably an exception to that rule because I think Cyborg is just is going to get her against the cage, and I think she's going to hurt Holly. Even if Holm is in like the center of the octagon or whatever, and she gets a good counter strike head kicks, or I, she's got a good chin, so I don't think that's going to even do the damage. She's going to have to land a few shots in order to even do something to Cyborg. So I don't even, that that just lessens her chance even more, in my opinion. I feel like Holly got rocked a few times against Shevchenko, no? At I, least dropped. Yeah, I I think she definitely at least got rocked. I re- and Shevchenko's a true one twenty fiver. Exactly. Cyborg isn't even a true one forty fiver. Yeah, Cyborg is like a one fifty fiver. She's scary. Like if I saw her in a alley, I would turn the other way and run as fast as I could and call nine one one as I did it. Kudos to Holly for taking the fight. Not many people would, but I don't think it goes her way. One hundred percent. Chris Cyborg should continue to be our 145 champ do where do you think cyborg should stand in the pound for pound rankings uh i mean i guess it depends how 
if for one, if she beats Holly, and two, how how she does it. If she just completely dismantles her, she's got to be top five. Got to be. Yeah, I think she deserves. Uh, is she ranked right now in the power rank? I'm not sure what the power. She power definitely deserves though. to be after a win like this. This solidifies her career more. This is like a big name. She's won big fights. You beat Ronda Rousey, so I think this gives her top ten. Oh, she's already top. Right, so she's, she's ten. Right she's now. ten right now. So I think this probably moves up her up one or two spots at least. Give her respect. Do you think that she's already the greatest women's fighter of all time? I mean, that's hard to say because her weight division, it seems, isn't very developed. I mean, it's hard to say if anyone... But can you hold that against her, though, because who are you going to say is the best women's fighter of all time? Exactly. I mean, this is a very difficult argument to make, and I I think Brendan actually has his uh, pick. (laughs) I think it's Ronda still, like... I think one no hold on go hold ahead, on go ahead, go ahead go ahead Chris Cyborg's gonna have to get a little a couple more wins together either it's nobody she has to get a couple more wins in the UFC in order to get that what it what was Ronda's win streak ten eleven twelve I'm not sure She's you have to win more in order to do that I think Yoan is ahead of Chris Cyborg I think Ronda had six UFC wins you had. You have to win more fights in order to surpass Ronda. I think Ronda is without a doubt the most important women's fighter of all time. But if we're rank going off performance, I just think Cyborg's been dominant longer than Ronda ever was. And I'm 100%. I think right now, because I didn't see, no, Cyborg already has had 18 professional fights. She's 17-1. and one. I mean, yeah, she was, she, was a, she was in Strike Force. Yeah, Strike Force and Invicta. Mm-hmm. Did she ever get to revenge her loss? Eventually, who, I, don't, uh, I don't know. Who she it was to. like super early in her career, and I don't know. I don't think she avenged it, but there's. I mean, if you want to try to hold that against her, there's no way Ronda Rousey could beat either Holly Holm or Amanda Nunes right now. That's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just curious because, like, have her fight her again. You know what I'm saying? Like, have her whip her behind. Uh, her loss. Hold on. Right now, Bougie's pulling it up via It was the first fight of her career against Erica Payas, P-A-E-S, and it was a submission via knee bar. I'm seeing if this girl is still alive. <laughs> well, I mean, that means then Cyborg has been undefeated since when did she make her MMA debut? Oh, my God, you're asking me so many questions. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Um, When was that fight? May of 2005. So that means that's over a decade of going undefeated, and that's... Not a Jose Aldo decade where he fought like three times. That's like a legit decade when she won 17 straight, including three UFC fights. Invicta, which was the highest women's uh, promotion since the UFC didn't offer a weight class, as well as Strike Force. So, I mean, she is legit and probably the best ever. The only girl that Cyborg lost to, like I said, it was her career debut, or professional debut anyway. The girl she lost to was Erica Pace. I'm gonna go with Pace. Um, Erica Pace was three and two in her career. She hasn't fought since March of 2015. She submitted Cyborg in her first fight, lost to Dina Vanderhoeven in her second fight, beat Giselle Machel uh, by submission in her third fight, lost to Betch Cohea in her fourth fight, and beat Evelyn Gomez in her last fight with a career record of three and two. Um, I don't think that really has much to do with the legacy of Cyborg. 
strictly off performance, I think you have to say Cyborg is the best all time. I definitely get the argument for Ronda, and Ronda's without a doubt the most important women's fighter of all time and probably one of the five most important MMA fighters of all time. But as far as greatest in the octagon or in the cage goes, I think it's probably Cyborg. I'm not – you have – that's reasonable. I'm not – it's very arguable, but I still think it's Ronda until she gets a couple more wins. But I also think it's a different time. So, like, if Ronda fought now, she would obviously not win mm-hmm. or not do good. But I think at that yeah. time, like, Misha was pretty good. You know, people were good still where, like – I don't even know the names of the people that Cyborg fought besides home right now. Outside of the UFC, her biggest win was probably Gina Carano. And Gina Carano, Gina Carano definitely wouldn't survive in today's landscape. She benefited off of being early in the um, women's MMA game. But R- Cyborg was also fight- or Ronda was also fighting in the times that Cyborg was fighting pre-UFC. So she was f- facing a lot of the same level talent. So I-, I think that's a point for Cyborg even if you talk about level of competition because cyborg survived the early stuff and is still dominant now once the game has changed and the level the opponent's skill level has risen and cyborg has been able to handle that and is still dominant now so i have a question for you guys and i mean this is let's say when ronda was knocking people on their heads and taking their arms off do you think that ronda could beat cyborg when she at the same time at the time I thought that Ronda would beat Cyborg. And this might be a revisionist history, but now I look back and I don't think that any version of Ronda Rousey could beat Chris Cyborg. Yeah, I don't think so. Once Ronda gets hit by a Cyborg punch, it's over as we witness against Holman, her other fights. If Ronda gets hit by anybody, her body, like she's on baby deer legs and she's desperately reaching out. Exactly. Yeah, it's not a pretty sight when Ronda gets hit and Ronda getting hit by Cyborg. Would not be pretty. Yeah. Um, she Ronda leaned on the steroid excuse her whole career for why she avoided Cyborg, but I think that was just probably smart, a smart business decision by Ronda to avoid Cyborg. As well as the UFC, I mean, there was no reason because uh, it's not like Cyborg had a massive draw like Ronda Rousey was developing, so there's no reason for them to fight. Now, I think it would be hard for anyone to argue that Ronda Rousey could beat Cyborg. Do you have any interest in seeing Ronda fight again? I mean, Dana kind of hinted or talked about it a little bit, but I think he sort of said that Ronda, Ronda doesn't want to retire, but also doesn't want to fight right now. I don't really have any interest in seeing her fight again. I think her time is past. I think we should appreciate what she did, but I don't think we need to see it again. I agree. I think she needs to retire. It's pretty sad when you see her just like yeah. When that, you lose that fight, sad against Amanda Nunes was terrible. But if she does fight, I would want her to see somebody that's probably outside of the top ten and more of a wrestler rather than a stand-up person because that's yeah. more to the benefit of Ronda. Is there anyone in the women's bantamweight top 15 that she should would be able to decimate like she used to? I mean, honestly. Let me pull up the rankings. Because there's people in the top 15 that she's beaten, yes. But these are still people that are active and learning the game and developing as uh the rest of the division is as well uh let's look take a look at top 15 valentina shevchenko no way nope holly holm we saw how that went juliana pena i think ronda could beat juliana pena but i think uh, juliana pena though fights very aggressively and ronda i don't know i don't think that would go eh. 
Raquel Pennington, I think, unfortunately, beats Ronda Rousey right yep. now. Jermaine Durandamy beats Ronda Rousey. Yep. Kat Zinganu. Maybe. Ronda did beat her in, like, 16 seconds or whatever it was. But, I mean, that was kind of a special circumstance where and, Kat rushed in. In the dumbest game plan ever. Catlin Vieta? Catlin Vieira? I don't no know idea. Is, so. <laughs> Sarah McMahon, Ronda beat her already. Number nine, Ronda Rousey. I think that'd be a good matchup for Ronda Rousey. I, I think so. That'd be good. Um, <laughs> Marion Renault, I think, probably beats Ronda Rousey. Caitlin Chukagan, I think Rousey could handle. Betchko Heya, we saw how that went. Yeah. Leslie Smith, I think Ronda would be okay. Sarah Morass, I think. That'd be an interesting grappling matchup, actually. And then Aspen Ladd is number four. We have two number 14s. <laughs> Fix your site, UFC. Aspen Ladd is number 14. I don't know who that is. So. so, I mean, we pretty much think that anyone ranked above Ronda Rousey would probably beat her. Let me see again. I think the only... Cat uh, Zinganu, I think Ronda could. Cat and Sarah McMahon, who are the two girls that Ronda's beaten, I think would be her best chances inside the top eight there. Um, and then maybe Pena, like I said, but like Bryce said, Pena's a pressure fighter, and Ronda obviously does not handle pressure well, so I don't know. Very, very difficult. I miss peak Ronda, though. Yeah, that was fun when she just dropped people on their heads and everyone tuned in for a two minute fight. That Zing- when she just dumped Zing- Zingano on her head and pulled that armbar out of nowhere, that's that's the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. All time, if I had to say like my favorite fighter, like all time, uh, it's not she's not my favorite fighter all time right now. But like in that moment, I was never a bigger fan of one person in one moment at that time than her. Like, f- she was my number. Like I never was so emotional to watch somebody fight. All of us were even. Even it felt family like, outside of us. It felt like you were watching something important when Ronda went on that run. When she went on that run of finishes, Alexis Davis, Sarah McMahon, uh, uh, Zinganu. I keep saying Zinganu like Inganu. It's yeah. Zingano, right? Yeah, it's Zingano. <laughs> Fred Zingano's got me messed up. <clears throat> but, yeah, Zingano, uh, Bech Kohea. I feel like there was another one in there that I'm forgetting. But that crazy run of finishes that she went on in, like, under two minutes, that was awesome to watch it was awesome to watch it felt like a once in a lifetime thing and maybe it is but i miss those days and i don't think those are coming back anytime soon. i feel like that was some of like the best ufc moments you get mm-hmm. the wow you get the jumping you get the excitement you get the emotion her running out in like the most serious face and before the fights being so serious like you you just loved it best walkout in mma history easy i think yeah, it, it it's pretty dope. When she knocked Bech Kohea out cold and Kohea face-planted, that was so awesome. It's something you hadn't seen in the women's division really yet, as somebody getting knocked out cold. And it felt like Ronda's out submitting all these girls. Now she's knocking people out. Where's she going to go? And then, yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. In that, I mean, honestly, though, would you trade any of those moments for a better Ronda or an active Ronda now? I don't think so. Like I said, you have to look back on what she did fondly and realize that it's over and we're not going to get it again. Just leave it where it is. That's what It happened. We enjoyed it while it happened, but can't try and recreate something and uh, have it go the way it's gone the last two times Ronda's been in the cage. Even though she was like so successful and whatnot, she failed at one thing and she did not she should have moved on from her. She got a better coach, went to a better team, That's, America top team somewhere. But that was that was the falling of her career. The whole thing with Edmund is so frustrating. Just as incredible as she was, 
she could have been so much better if she completed her game. She relied on that one thing, and she went for it one time against Holly Holm, didn't get it, and it's all downhill from there. So frustrating. You can't, and then she, the, he made her think like she was like an all-time stand-up fighter because of one knockout. You can't. You gotta make somebody execute your flaws. You gotta. You gotta play your own game. It's so frustrating, and it's been talked about endlessly. So there's no real sense in us going into it right now. But it's incredibly frustrating. I miss those days, but not much you can do about it now. Yeah, just gotta look back on it and smile about it. <laughs> Don't cry because it's over. Smile because it happened. It made me emotional. I don't have anything else. Do you guys? I don't. Do you? Of course not. It's a rat. Oh, hold on. Oh, wait. Before oh, that, that. Wait a second. Before- <laughs> so that is everything we have today. But if you like this, let us know. Our Twitter is at Untitled MMA. So is our Instagram at Untitled MMA. And you can find us on Facebook if you search Untitled MMA. And for even more. Special content from your favorite MMA crew. We're probably not your favorite, but I, I understand for a second. You can check us out at UntitledMMA.com. Tons of content. We've been a little slow lately because of the holidays. We're getting back to it. We're going to have fighter spotlights this week for UFC 219, Cyborg, and Holly Holm. We do that for every UFC pay-per-view now. Bryce is really good at the spotlights. And um, I try and find some little quirky the quirky things in MMA and post those. The latest post on the website right now before this podcast goes up is a fighter that went crazy after the bell and a hero referee made the save. So check that out. Um, we're trying to get better at posting more regularly. Like I said, the holidays messed us up, but we'll get back to it. Like Bryce said, at the Untitled MMA on Twitter and Instagram, Untitled MMA on Facebook, UntitledMMA.com, and then check out our sports podcast launching soon. We'll t- post about that on our social media, but check us out elsewhere. Thanks for tuning in. Bryce, hit him with it. It's a wrap.